You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we've got Malcolm Salmon from Tea and Briskets. Hi, Malcolm. Are you all right? Fine, Dan. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's awesome to get you on. We're um, we're post Q Fest 2018, and you, you had an awesome time there. I hope it seemed like you had an awesome time there for me, anyway. But um, thought we could have a quick chat about Q Fest in a bit, and then just talk about how you got into the kind of barbecue competition scene. Yes, it was an absolute great time, to be honest with you. So, yeah, happy to talk. Cool. Well, let's let's start from the beginning then, I guess. Let's not jump into Q-Fest, even though that's all I want to talk about, because I'm so awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's take it back to the beginning, mate. And can you t- talk to us about how you got into barbecue in the first place? Well, basically, I just finished doing my garden up, and um, I decided to buy a smoker. I had no idea what to buy, where to buy from, what to do, so... I jumped on YouTube, watched a couple of videos, and then I ended up buying a Landman offset smoker from Argos. And the day before I was due to cook on it, there was a brewing queue event at Burton-on-Trent, a barbecue competition. Yeah. So I turned up there, and I was absolutely amazed by the amount of dedication there was amongst the teams cooking away, and I'm thinking, this is more serious than I ever imagined it to be. So I got chatting to the likes of All Smoke and No Knickers, uh, Richard Orme from Barbecue Gourmet and that's got a few tips and pointers. And on the Sunday after that event, I proceeded to smoke my very first smoke, which was a full pack of brisket. So I ended up injecting it, rubbing it, and basically smoking it on an offset with not much of a clue what I was doing. But it took me 20 hours. Absolutely loved the experience, even though it took so long. I oversmoked the brisket, but from there on then, I just started learning more and more. Um, basically, once I'd done that, I ended up jumping on the Bunch of Swines course, which is a competition 
and a backyard course if you want to do both. I did that, and then I ended up going on to Jackie Waite's course as well down in Kent. Had a go at that one as well. And then we decided between me and a couple of friends we was going to form Team Brisket, the barbecue team. But unfortunately, the two lads who I was set up with, they both had to drop out due to personal reasons. So QFest weren't looking promising at the towards the end. But eventually I found someone to jump on with me. Martin, he was a great lad. He had no competition experience, but very keen barbecuer. So he came along and joined on. And also a lad called Jason. Again, he'd done Ed and Emma's course, never cooked in a competition. He decided to come and help us as well. So he jumped on with us as well. It made for a fantastic weekend. We was really relaxed. It seemed to go too easy for us. It was just a really relaxed event. And the cooks came off brilliantly. And we were really pleased with the results. And it's definitely give us the bug. Yeah, definitely. Well, you didn't you didn't start yourself off on an easy one, did you? A full pack of brisket on your first cook. Exactly. Everybody said that, but that's all I could find on the internet was brisket. So I thought that's the cook to do then the brisket. So yeah, straight in the deep end I was. <laughs> and it took you twenty hours. It what did what did you planned it to take before you started, or did you just just go into it? <laughs> be honest with you, I hadn't really planned it that well. I just thought it's going to be between 12 and 15 hours. But obviously it took longer and longer because my temperature control was absolutely dreadful. <laughs> I had no idea. I was opening doors, shutting doors, just basically trying to monitor temperature. I was so dedicated that 250 degrees Fahrenheit, I just didn't move from it. Uh, it was a long, long day. Yeah. Luckily it was bank holiday. <laughs> On an offset as well, the the firebox management and everything is a definite hard cook to start off, start your off, start yourself off with. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I mean, after QFest, I'm just going to dive straight. Me and Ben were just chatting about it off air, but you've gone from that to to being Ed and Emma at QFest, so a bunch of swines who are probably one of the most prolific teams in, in the whole of Europe. I don't know you you beat them in it's a one competition or whatever, but you still uh, that's pretty good going. Yeah, it is. I mean, but in Ed's defence, I, I realised he's got a problem with one of his gateway smokers. His temperature dial weren't reading correctly, so maybe that's I got a bit of... Yeah, I got an <laughs> upper hand, excuse. Upper hand on him. Yeah, that's it. But no, it was like I say, I was amazed how I pulled it off. But the brisket is probably the most cook I've ever done on a barbecue. I'm not too keen on pulled pork. I'm not too keen on ribs. I only like chicken and brisket. So I yeah. tend to cook brisket. It's gonna, I guess, it will sh- show through in like results. I think we've said this before, Dan, haven't we? That people that come on with quite often the rounds they do the best in are the ones that they really like. Like you don't often find that cooks do amazingly well in rounds that they don't even like eating themselves, do you? Yeah, that's it. I mean, like I say, I've obviously brought the gateway smokers now, so I'm jumping onto sort of like the gateway posses. It's called. And they're fantastic for cooking on. So all my okay. briskets going on there. So you're probably one of the, the few in the UK to have some gateways then? Yeah, that's it. I know Ed and Emma's got some. They've got four. I've I've just brought my second one this week, so I'm on two now. So, yeah, I'm going down the gateway line. Amazing. And is, is that what you cooked on at QFest? Yes, I cooked the briskets on the gateway. Okay, and are you... So obviously the gateways like to sit a little bit hot. Are you cooking uh, sort of the hot and fast sort of uh, style? 
yes, hot and fast, no overnight cooks, just everything's hot and fast. Because if I'm honest, I've only done a few low and slow smokes because obviously doing Ed and Emma's course, they did the hot and fast method. I thought, oh, I'll try that. I had loads of great results with it. So I've never really done much low and slow. It's always been hot and fast. And how did you, you obviously did a Jackie Waits course as well. How, how did that sort of, uh, I don't know, channel up with what you'd learned from the bunch of science course? How did that affect your cook? Did you take a bit from each or did you just go, uh, well, actually, I preferred this method, or actually, I preferred this method, and that's what I'm going to stick with. Or Jackie's was low and slow. Obviously, it was a different outlook, different course, but I enjoyed it because it gave me an insight into other people's cooking methods and prep methods. So I enjoyed it because I can compare the both of them. So I enjoyed both thoroughly, but I like the autumn fast. It's just easy. You get up early on the Sunday morning, make sure all your prep's done on the Saturday night. You just get up and you just cook. And you seem to be done in comfortable times, ready for the um, KCBS turning. So it works fantastic. And you get yeah, to sleep as well. <laughs> well, yeah, you get some sleep if you don't drink. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so how serious just... did your team take it in the terms of uh, drinking and stuff? Did you uh, get a nice early well, night? Friday night, I I got on it with Jason Lather and all them lot. We had a bit of a party Simon Dyer, it was just it was just a really good night. Um, I went to bed about three o'clock and I got up at five. Nice. So that was a <laughs> bit of a bit of a late one. Saturday night was like Christmas Eve. I could not sleep. I went to bed at eleven o'clock. I only had three pints all day Saturday, so I really wanted to put everything into it because obviously the amount of time it takes and money it does to do these events. So I had three pints. Went to bed at eleven. I, I could not sleep. I was that excited about the results we got on the Saturday. I had about another two hours sleep, so it was basically four, maximum five hours sleep the whole weekend. I was back up at five on the Sunday to get cooking again. You did, you did do, you did awesome on the Saturday, and that, did something that we did differently at QFest this year, which I did tell Dan about it, but we hadn't planned it because we kind of just we, I just decided to do it on the day I thought uh, last year the awards ceremony on Sunday was really long going through all the different rounds so this year that why don't we get the Saturday stuff out of the way and I thought it also gives all the teams like a little buzz halfway through of like how well they're doing it's almost like a check-in isn't it of like well I've done this today so let's see where we're going to go with it again tomorrow well Exactly. Being our first comp, having them results called on the Saturday was an absolute buzz for us because we thought that will show us how well we're actually doing. And when we got all them, I mean, we got three calls on the Saturday, so it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I still, I'm still working on uh, totaling up like all of the points and everything. But and I haven't shared this with anyone yet. I haven't even shared it with with uh, you yet, uh, Malcolm. But if uh, in front of me, I've got the sheet of paper that's. Just the like ancillary rounds that QFest are sanctioning themselves. So we have the burger, the pizza, and the lamb. That's like our own ones that we use our own system for. The the steak and the chili are done by third parties. But if I just took those three rounds, you actually come out in third place out of all the teams from those rounds. Yeah, which is I'll say I cannot believe how well we've done. It's it's give us such a buzz and. Uh, well, I'm just, I've just got this thing now. I just want to compete, if I'm honest. He's got the bug. <laughs> I've, got, I've got the bug. I mean, I've already booked up for the big meet and in August. And also, I've booked up. I've already in with Smoke and Waters in this September. 
So I've got two more planned this year, but next year I plan on taking it a lot further now. I mean, I'm already trying to get sponsors. I'm sort of like working around on emails and that just to try and get some sponsorship. And I do plan on funding quite a bit myself. So I've started a competition pop fund off, but at the minute I've just brought a new gateway. So it's just took all my money back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> How about the team? Is the team going to stay the same then? Are the, are the uh... The new members, honorary members, or are they going to dip in and out as they as they move forward? Right, uh, Martin, the um, Slovakian guy. I mean, he's an absolute great guy. He's he's dedicated one hundred percent. He wants to compete. He wants to come along, which is absolutely brilliant. Jason, he's got a, a lot of family commitments, so he's going to help us as much as he can and jump on. And also, my original two team members. They're on about dropping in where they can and giving an answer. So I think we'll just move forward like that. Because what I found was from QFest, being my first, I just found if one person leads, everybody else follows. It just goes smoothly. So, yeah. But yeah. next year, I do plan on going to Europe. I want a couple of comps in Europe, I do. I just want to move around a bit and just try it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want I'm myself like not competing, but I just want to get out there and visit a lot more competitions. I want to get over to like Rega Fest and places like the Tony Stone and things like that. I, I really want to get out there and see these yeah. big competitions in Europe. Tony Stones is one I want to compete in. I mean that that's just there's so many teams there. And obviously next year as well, obviously I want to compete at Brewer and Q because that's six miles from my house and that's really where the barbecue journey started walking into that place yeah that would be the dream and it get get back in there the first thing that got you hooked on it and get back to there and compete in it yourself yeah brilliant the fact is i can actually go home from there and have a shower <laughs> and get some sleep in my own bed so it'd be a very good comp for me to compete in yeah that's not not a luxury that anyone at q first can have <laughs> no that's that's the only downside it's nice to have a shower but you're not busy cooking and getting prep work done it's it's you don't, you don't even think about a shower to be honest with you you just get on with it so so you're a new team what what tips would you give to anyone else who's thinking now of starting up a new team um definitely definitely go and do some competition courses that's that's the first you need because it's not like back, backyard barbecue and it's totally different. And then all you can do once you've done the courses really is just practice, and you can practice as much as you want. And just like I've done, I've, you know, since I've done the course, I've probably cooked about twenty briskets myself just practicing. So it's a lot, a lot of cooks. But once you've done it, but nothing can prepare you for the competition like actually going doing it. And that's basically from that weekend at QFest, I've learned so much more, which I've, I've took away with me now. For my next competition, I feel even more confident and more ready. And I've got a few things I want to practice now at home before I compete again and try a few things differently and just move on forward, really. I know you said to me, well, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was you, Malcolm, that when we were on, out in the field on the day of QFest, you said, this is the first time I'm actually going to cook all of the rounds together because you'd always been practicing like separate, separate yes. ones. <laughs> so yeah, so how, what was the difference like for you like going actually now doing all of them in one go? Was it a big shock to the system or was it all right? 
Um, to be honest with you, I, I made a timeline up. I actually wrote down the times of everything was going on, the, the, all the ribs, the chicken, went to braise, went to glaze them. Everything was wrote down, so it went really smooth. I couldn't believe how smooth it went. I was waiting for something to really trip us up, but we had everything out on time. In fact, I think on two of the four, four hands in, we did them five minutes before, so we actually got them five minutes before the. So it was pretty much on time. It was brilliant. It just went so it well. Like you absolutely had a bit of a dream competition. Yeah. Thing through <laughs> you. It did. It was just so, so easy. The oddest thing we found was the new boxes because obviously you couldn't get any marks on the boxes, but you couldn't wipe them boxes clean. So it was very yeah. tricky boxing up. Very tricky. Yeah, that is an issue with, I mean, the boxes that we chose are biodegradable boxes and, and that's sort of something that's really important to us as well. And, uh, and that is an issue with them is, is they're not wipe them like the, uh, <clears throat> like the, just the standard ones you can uh, wipe off marks. And so it's a bit of a, an in-between stage at the moment in trying to find the, the, the right box for, for our competition, I think. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I understand about protecting the environment, so I'm all for that. But it was my first boxing up anyway. I've never boxed nothing up ever. That's, again, the first time for everything. What did you go for? Well, you did, did you go for the parsley job. box? <laughs> parsley, yes. We had to do the parsley. And even from making them up, we learned so much more. I mean, I had a technique of just pulling like a, several parsley heads off in a bunch and twisting them off. Yeah. And then when I watched other people doing them, I seen them picking them off and pushing them in. So they got a, like a lower depth on the box, but it looks a lot neater. So I even learned from there. Awesome. Learning on the job. <laughs> Learning on the job. That's it. <laughs> so how much After have you... After a quick flick through... I just wanted to just add one more thing to the, yeah. the briskets earlier is, is that I just wanted to confirm that my facts were true. But the perfect score is a 180 score in KCBS and uh, also in darts, I believe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Ed and Emma have achieved 180 on, on a few occasions on their briskets, and uh, which pretty much puts them as the highest caliber they can come at. So it's another thing to come away with that you're – your brisket cook was right up there and something to be proud of. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was just fun. I mean, the classic is one of the hardest cooks and it was just brilliant. It come off like I wanted it to come off. It was an absolute dream. When you tasted it, were you like 100% happy with it? Were you were you like, okay, this is this is one of the best ones I've done or were you like, uh, I'm not sure? Or how did it feel before you handed the box in? Right. And to be honest with you, I tasted it and it tastes like, a lot of the briskets I cooked before, it was like to what I, w I wanted. So, yeah. but no, I was, yeah, I was very happy. And then the public absolutely loved it. I mean, I just put, because I, I, I ate that much meat over that weekend. I just didn't want no more brisket. I put a big tray out for the public and they, they swarmed, they devoured it and they absolutely loved it. So, it. yeah. Obviously, that 180 score would be a nice score for me to try and achieve. <laughs> Something to aim towards. One day. <laughs> one day, yes, one day. Sorry, Ben, I jumped in on you. Do you want to ask the, the question you're going to ask? Yeah, I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> like, a, like a goldfish. Me and you are both the same, though. We're like, we always quickly jump in there. Oh, it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> just waiting for your chance. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I would say since I've come back from QFest, it's been quite an eventful time. I mean, I've invested in a new um, gateway smoker, 
I've also brought a rib hanging kit because I've been reading up and doing a bit of research and people are tending to get better results from hanging the ribs than that. So, and the quicker cooks. So I plan on hanging my ribs from now on in. I'm going to be practicing that once all my kit turns up this week. Yeah, we've just brought a new gazebo as well. I've sold a couple of smokers on I don't use and uh, funded a new gazebo because we had to borrow one. The only problem was we only had two sides to it. And obviously the back, it was just the wind was blowing through and blowing all our tables over. So <laughs> on the Saturday, I think we had about five different times where we had to set the tables up and clean everything back down because the tables had gone over. So, oh, God. Nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. So moving forward, obviously, I want to avoid that. So we've brought a decent gazebo, a bit bigger as well, a four and a half metre by three metre to give us a little bit more of a room so our tables can fit in there nicely, isn't that? And did you, during the competition, did you develop a, a routine? Do you feel that you've got a routine, Dan? Because a lot of teams, a lot of the teams actually go on a full routine and they know that this time they do this, this time they do that, this time they do this. Once they've, uh, once they've got their routine sorted, that's what they tend to do. Yes, Do you I mean, feel that you've sort of got a routine going? Yeah, definitely we got a routine. Like I say, Jason and uh, Martin, I never met them before. I only met them on uh, the Countrywood Smoke Forum. They came along. We just gelled. We just got on together. There was no argument, no bitch. We just got on with the cooks, and we just we really enjoyed it. You could see the passion in both them as well for the cooking. They both really enjoyed cooking. So it went smoothly, honestly. I couldn't believe how smooth it was. And you, you also had a, 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 an additional dish in your tent that everyone was really enjoying of a goulash, didn't you? Exactly. I know. There's something crazy we did as well. Obviously, our first competition, we had enough rounds on the Saturdays to be dealing with. But Martin decided to cook his um, country's um, own dish of a goulash. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. So while most people were sleeping Saturday morning, we was up at five o'clock prepping this goulash. <laughs> It was crazy. A lot of teams are kind of not complaining, but saying, oh, you guys really do stretch us having these extra rounds. I was like, well, look at these guys over here. They're cooking extra stuff just for fun. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, to be honest with you, that goulash, it sort of brought everyone together because it was a bit of a cold, wet morning on the Saturday. And there was this nice big pot of hot goulash. And it, it's a, it brought people together. And there was loads of the public enjoying it as well. We just gave it out all day long. It was it was a big pot of goulash that was. Yeah, it was it, it did it almost became the thing of the weekend. <laughs> I was always just bringing up the goulash with everyone I talked it, to. <laughs> yes, it did become a thing of the weekend. But like I say, it brought everything <laughs> together. And Martin wanted to show it off as his country's dish because his mum and dad they could compete over in Slovakia, and I think they do quite well where they they cook in goulash rounds. They, that's one of their competitions. Maybe we need to add that next year to the uh, QFest lineup then. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Martin, since then, has gone out and he has now brought a proper goulash dish from his country. He's just waiting for it to be delivered. <laughs> You've got It's got to be your trademark now. Yeah, for, to, yeah, it has. It has been, definitely. Yeah, Rockenda Regas has their uh, Jägermeister. You've got the goulash. <laughs> yeah. Work quite well together. Yeah, maybe yeah. you need one team on either side. That'd be the perfect competition. Yeah, that's a. Uh, oh no, definitely that goulash. He's he's already uh, competing at the big meet, and he's already coming up with a goulash chili recipe. Brilliant. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah, he's already coming up with that one, and say so he's brought the new pot to cook it on as well. So, 
I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. He kept he kept coming over to me. I was just rushing around like a madman most of the weekend because uh, my like partner in crime decided to move to Malaysia and leave me to it. So I had to like run around. <laughs> and he, every time I went past, he was he just kept going. Ben, your goulash, come over quick. I was like, I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was his the pet project for the whole weekend. That was. I mean, I remember on the Saturday night, about eleven o'clock, just as I was going to bed, I could see him lighting a little wood fire underneath his goulash stone. I said, hey, "Martin, what are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, some people want to try the goulash. So I'm warming it back up." <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't bless him. He didn't get to bed till about half because he was warming the goulash up for everybody. So, yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, very good job to be honest with you. We'll have to get him on to give us his secret recipe. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've tried. He, it's his family sort of like secret secret. He'll give you almost all of it, but not yeah. quite hundred <laughs> percent. Next competition, set up a GoPro, secret GoPro, yeah, and just film him. Just, just film him. <laughs> I watched him bake it. I watched it from start to finish, but I was that busy getting prepped for the other cooks. I didn't take anything in. I was just like, so you get on with the goulash, I'll get set up for the other rounds. Yeah, he was I, adding I, secret bits in. Yeah. I remember what my question was going to be now. It was back to, obviously, Dan, Dan and I have both been on Ed and Emma's um, competition class as well. And so we've seen, seen them and seen what they do and awesome stuff they they deserve to be getting where they do because they're really nailing it. But it's, my question to you is more around like how how strictly did you stick to what Ed and Emma had taught you? How, down, did you use the same rubs and sauces? Like, don't have to tell us what they are, but I just wondered yes. how how strict you stuck to what they taught you. Basically, to the T. Yeah, absolutely to the T. Did 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 move from it. I thought I've got enough to worry about. My first competition, if I stick to what I've been taught, and then obviously as my um, experience comes, maybe I can start moving forward, trying different rubs and that. But no, I stuck to what they taught me, basically. I'd be really interested. I would have been really interested to have tried, like now knowing that, tried both both briskets next to each other and, and, and seen uh, or mm. tried to taste the difference and seen what the differences were. And yeah, just just to give it a go because it would be really interesting having them both run side by side, having uh, almost probably be almost exactly the same unless L and M have made some changes uh, since the course. I know they pretty much give give uh, a full insight into their their cookery team, which is which is really good of them. Yeah, it is. I mean, when when you do their course, they basically go through absolutely everything. They give you all the information you need. But obviously, they're doing so well at the minute. They're just absolutely fantastic. They've um, obviously started changing a few things, adding different rubs, I would believe, because they're just out there. They're just leading. No one can get near them. They're just doing fantastic. But they do it every weekend. They are professionals. Yeah. They've, they've basically they've got the winning formula, haven't they? And that it, this, you're not the first success story that we can see of the evidence of them telling people what to do and then people going and doing it. I think, like, like we can probably say, if you do what they told you to do and you get it right, then you will be in this top top people in the winning KCBS competitions. Definitely, like I say, the, the cooking techniques they give you on their course are spot on. You can't go wrong with them. They tell you everything. Just like I say, that's all I've done is followed their, what they gave me or the information they gave me. I even took my course notes, which I made on the Sunday on the competition course. 
So Se- I've just secret. Do not let them out of your sight. <laughs> exactly. And then I just built my. They gave us a timeline for the the slow method life from the Saturday running into the Sunday. I took that timeline. I added some hot and fast times in there, which I've been practicing at home. And basically, I just built up a, a timeline for the Sunday to cook in. Perfect. And I just said, I even shown it to Ed. I said, Ed, can you just have a quick look over this for me, mate? Because I don't want to be handing in empty boxes on the Sunday. And he's, yeah. he's, he was good. He said, yeah, no, mate, that looks fine. Just go ahead, try it. So that's what I've done. But obviously, I'm looking at changing that already because... He's probably scratching his head and looking at Emma saying, fuck, flip me. This is pretty close to uh, what we're doing. Yeah, that's it. But no, I love Ed and Emma. They're a great couple. They, they, they tell you what, you don't only just do their calls. Ed's always been on the end of a messenger all the time throughout my cooks when I've been asking him, checking on different things, and he always comes back. To be honest with you, he's cost me a fortune, the bloke has. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I, mean, <laughs> I own two gateways. I've got a PK grill now, so... That's all down to Ed Boyne. One, I had a quick look on the internet. I've seen it was there for the steak cook-off. So this week, I've actually brought the grill grates for it as well. So I can get the appearance looking right on the steaks and that. Awesome. You you are definitely hooked, aren't you? <laughs> oh, 100%. That's all I can think about at the minute, just competing. <laughs> awesome. So you... I'm good. Sorry. I was going to say, just quickly, we're getting close to the end now, but I thought oh, it's worth giving giving a mention to some of the ancillary rounds. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about your, your burger and your pizza and your lamb? What did you actually serve up for those? Burger? See, what it is, I'm quite a keen own cook as well. So the burger, what I went for was like basic flavours. Just base, keep it basic. But I went for a, I think I used a five-meat mix. I've got the recipe wrote down. A five-meat mix on the burger and blended it up myself used um, somebody's rub, steak seasoning, within that burger, and I just served it on a toasted um, brioche bun with just lettuce, tomato, and just melted the cheese on just normal cheddar. I had done some dirty onions to go on there, but there was a hidden underneath the planter grill, and I actually forgot to put them on. Oh. And there's, also, <laughs> there's also some smoky bacon in the cool box, which was covered by the brisket, and I totally forgot about that as well, so I didn't even put that on. So I maybe could have got a bit higher in the uh, burger round if I'd added the rest of the ingredients. Who knows? You could have had, could have had judges who didn't like onions or bacon, but I can't well, I can't imagine it because nobody doesn't like bacon. <laughs> exactly, it was nice bacon as well. The pizza round again. Martin played a very big part in that because he makes a lot of different different types of sausages, and he's he brought in his own sausage for that one. Some tree throat, his own made, and that's nice. what we put on the pizza. And a few chilies and that. And it was really, really nice pizza, to be honest. And also on the burger, Martin had made a sweet chilli sauce. He was like from his country's origin. Mm. So we added a sweet chilli sauce to the burger because it was very, very tomatoey with a slight after eat on it. So it worked perfect, we thought, for, for, on the burger. And the lamb just blew us away because that was our worried cook. We just didn't know what to do with it. So all we, we spoke to a few people, so just treat it like ribs. So we just got that on early with salt, pepper, garlic and some rosemary. And we just cooked it from about half nine in the morning till about 10 minutes before ending. We took it out of the smoker 
and it was absolutely fantastic. All the bones pulled out of it, the fat had rendered down, and we even actually managed to pull some lamb as well on it. So we had like pulled lamb and sliced lamb. So it was just fantastic how that cup came out. And to get fifth place, and it was a total shock to us. Amazing. Amazing. Sons had a pretty well sort of balanced team, people bringing the experience and and different places and different uh, points of interest in from, from all over, which is really cool to see. Yes, that's what made us, I think. We all had our own little areas, which was confident in. And we just worked together. Like I say, everybody just knuckled down and did what needed to be done. It was fantastic. Could have asked for a better weekend, to be honest with you. Awesome. There's, there's, your, there's your sales thing for QFest next year. See you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're definitely going. That's got to be a must. Awesome. Yeah, we, we plan on doing most of the competitions in um, the UK next year. Perfect. Awesome. We'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, Ben. Definitely. Well, I'm definitely going. I've already made my mind up, so that's it. Awesome. Hopefully, I'll have four gateways by then as well. <laughs> you need a bigger van. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I brought enough barbecues to that event. I think I brought I brought my gateway. I brought my Weber Smoky Mountain. I brought two UDS drum smokers. I brought a Weber, just a standard Weber grill. I brought my PK grill and I brought my Rockbox pizza oven as well. And you had your your special oven for cooking your goulash. <laughs> yeah, well, Marty brought that in his car and he also brought his chubby cabinet smoker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had plenty of smokers. We had the most smokers there. Yeah, you did. You had your full lineup. <laughs> Before anyone had started, someone was like, Oh, is is how is that a few teams there? I was like, no, nah, it's just one team he's brought. He's brought a lot of stuff. <laughs> it was more like a car boot sale. He's showing off. <laughs> I just panicked when I was loading the van. I thought, oh no, what about this? What about that? Cook? And I just just kept on adding them and adding them. And in the end, the van was just full. I thought that's it. I can't take no more smokers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, well, thanks, Malcolm, for coming on the podcast. It's been great to chat to you and. Well done in the competition and good luck with your future competitions. Thank you very much. And I say we do plan on doing well. I want that grand champion. That's what I'm aiming for. So Good. Aim high. Aim high. That's the best way. And I will get these um, things sent over to you as well, Ben, these pictures and I'll get them sent over shortly. Lovely. Thanks, mate. Speak to you soon. Thank you very much, Ben. Speak to you soon. Cheers, Dan. Cheers. Thank you, mate. Bye. See you later on. Bye-bye. Cheers. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by Pro-Q, Kamado Joe, Thermopen and Smokewood Shack. Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.